Good morning. Y'all doing all right? So it's, this is the first Sunday of the new year, and I'm just curious, <clears throat> did anybody else's clothes shrink over the holidays? Yeah. I don't know what the deal I, I guess it's the weather, maybe, causes that. Atmospheric pressure. I'm sure that's what it is. So this is, this is an interesting year for us. Uh, 2019 means that uh, in May, maybe May, I, I don't know, maybe April, May, or June, uh, depending on who you talk to, but somewhere in there this year, uh, Riverstone will turn 20. 20 years. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to go with May. You okay with that, Terry? That work? So we're going to say May, we turn 20. I, I'm just curious. Um, how many of you have been with us for the whole time? Awesome. I'm just glad that we have someone in every section. That's amazing. So, uh, I have been, uh, actually as of February, so in about three weeks, I will have been the senior pastor here for 17 years, which is longer than I've ever been anywhere. Uh, hopefully, that's a good sign. I don't. Um, 17 years, and in, in 40 years of ministry, never had never been anywhere more than eight, and I've been been here 17 years. Have have thoroughly uh, enjoyed my time here now. Before some of you start getting nervous and others of you get overly excited, this is not a retirement speech. Um, I, uh, in, in dog years, I'll be eight and a half on Thursday. Not that kind of dog. Uh, I do have a birthday coming up this week. For those of you whose um, spiritual gift is giving... Um, or your love language is presents. Uh, my birthday will be Thursday. I'll be 60. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? I never thought I'd get there, um, but I'm there. I'm excited about it, actually, uh, because all my life I've, I've wanted to be a grown-up person. And uh, I thought when I was 40 that I'd be able to walk into a room and no matter no matter who was there, I would feel like an adult, and it didn't happen. And then I was sure that it would happen at 50. And at 50, it sort of happened, but not completely. And I'm, I'm just, I have to believe that 60 is it, right? Is 60 the place where all of a sudden you just, no matter where you are, you're a grown-up person? Somebody please tell me that it's true. Because I'm so ready to be a, an adult. My wife is so ready for me to be an adult. This is the first, this is the first Sunday of the year. And... uh we have a lot of exciting things going on uh, planned for 2019 Riverstone. One of those is RS Together. You've been hearing about that. We'll have more information about that next week. Um, but we're, we're excited about it, believing God for big things from it. Uh, some of you have asked about the classes. How do I sign up? What are, what are you going to teach? What are they about? And we'll have more information unfolding in the next week or two about that, descriptions of the classes and, and what you can expect and that kind of thing. And so uh, you'll, be, you'll be able to sign up for those online. Now, you need to know that 
every class will have a limited number of spaces available. So I would say if one of the classes looks really good to you, you should sign up quickly. Uh, hopefully more than one of the classes will look really good to you. And, uh, and then, of course, we kick off the whole thing with uh, the dinner on February the 6th. And our goal is to have every one of you here, well, your families here, having dinner together, just hanging out and having a good time. And uh, we're going to give away stuff. So that should be fun. So come and see. Uh, look forward to that. Now, I'm not a New Year's resolution kind of guy. Um, but I do like to set goals. I like to set goals. Now, the reason I'm kind of not a New Year's resolution guy is because it seems like New Year's resolutions kind of go away usually by February, right? Because I think we, we kind of overshoot New Year's resolutions. We, we make these resolutions that are so, you know, it's something usually that you're going to do every day. I'm going to do this every day. I've, I've never in my life been able to do this every day, but I'm going to do it every day beginning this year. And uh, magically, everything's going to work out. And, and it doesn't. And then you feel really bad about yourself. And, and so what I'm going to do today is I want to give you some goals. I want to, I want to make some challenges to you uh, that I think could change your life, really. I think if, if you take me up on these four things I want to talk about today, it could change your life, seriously. And uh, so I want to encourage you to just prayerfully uh, listen to the things that I have to say today. Here's the good thing about it. Um, Nothing that I'm proposing today will dissolve or go away if you miss a day. Isn't that good news? Because, I mean, that's the pressure I feel with New Year's resolutions is that by the third day, if I forget, I'm done. And nothing that I'm proposing today is something that you have to do 365 days in the year in order to receive from it, grow from it, benefit from it, or cause others to benefit from it. Is that that a good deal? I think it's a good deal. Now, we're going to start by reading from Psalm 1. What better? What better place to read than from Psalm 1? Uh, to start off a year. I almost wanted to ask my, my daughter and my son if they would just stand up and quote Psalm 1 because I know that when my wife taught them in second grade, they had to memorize it, right? So you, do you still know it, Mason? Okay, I won't. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Grace Ann, do you still know it? I'm sure you do. All right. So all you second graders, here we go. Psalm 1, beginning at verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, that's the way they used to, when they had to memorize it. That was the emphasis, that was the big kabang for the second graders. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away, right? Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. 
For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Lord, I pray that that you would give us insight today, that you would open our our eyes and our hearts and, and our minds to the things that you want to teach us today. We want to grow in you. We want to increase. We don't want to just settle for life as it is or or life where we are. We believe that the economy of your kingdom is increase. And so we want to intentionally increase in the things of the kingdom and the things of the spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm just going to give you four challenges today, and, it, and they're, uh, each challenge is a, is a pair. So I'm going to challenge you with four pairs of things uh, that I really do believe uh, could be life-changing for you. Number one is two people to believe for. Two people to believe for. And here's what I'm saying in that. Uh, I, I would challenge you this year to ask the Lord to give you two people in your life who either do not believe, have never believed, or have fallen away from belief, walked away, drifted away from belief. Ask the Lord to to point out two people in your life, people that you know, friends or family, uh, maybe even just a co-worker or an acquaintance, but people that you know and you know them well enough to know whether they're walking with the Lord or not. And I ask the Lord to give you those people for the year, uh, to begin to pray for them. And, and again, I'm not saying that you have to pray for them every day and that if on the sixth day or the eighth day or the twelfth day you forget to pray, the bed is off. I'm not saying that. But I am saying to pray regularly. Now, regularly means more than once this year. It probably means more than twice. Actually, it probably means... Something like weekly. It could be every day. It could be that you set a goal of, of praying for the, those people every day. But you don't give up if you miss a day, right? But ask the Lord to give you the names of two people. Now, there, one of the reasons that I'm asking you to do that is because all of us know people who are lost. And it should be primary in our heart to see the lost Come to know Jesus. Another reason that I mention that and suggest it to you as a way of life, not just a way of 2019, but but really developing this as a way of life is because the Bible says that Jesus has actually given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And I want to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Uh, But Jesus has given us this ministry of reconciliation. And so we should be involved in this ministry of seeing men and women and children come to the Lord. I believe in the power of prayer. And so what I would say to you is ask the Lord to give you a couple of names. Focus on praying for those people as often as you can, daily, weekly, monthly, but pray for them on a regular basis, believing That God will move in their lives and offering yourself to the Lord, surrendering yourself to the Lord and saying, however you want to use me in this process, I am yours. 
However you want to use me in this process, I am yours. If you want to use me to speak directly to them, I will. I will say what you put in my mouth to say. If you just want to use me quietly in the background praying, I will do that. George Mueller is known for leading an orphanage. He ran an orphanage in Bristol, England with about 4,000 orphans. And he's known for the way that he led that orphanage. Uh, he led it by faith and, and he was a man of prayer and, and just the miracles of provision uh, that you see uh, in his writings are just astounding. My favorite story is the story where they come down to breakfast one morning and his staff tells him, we have no food. We, ha- we have nothing for the kids. We have no bread and we have no milk. And he says, and, and they ask him, what should we do? And he says, uh, set the table. And they set the table. And they come back, and what, what should we do? And he says, call the children. And they call the children. And then they get the children, children seated at the tables with, with empty plates and, and empty cups. And, and they ask him, now, what should we do now? And he says, say grace. Say grace. And, and they pray, and they thank God for the bread. And they thank God for the milk. And as they're praying, a milk truck pulls up to the front door and a bread truck pulls up to the back door. Not food that was ordered. Food that was delivered by the hand of God because of the faith of one man. And the children ate. The children ate because George Mueller believed. But what you may not know about George Mueller is that he made a list every year of people that he knew who were not saved, who didn't know the Lord, and he prayed for them every day. And when they came to the Lord, he took them off the list and added somebody else to the list. And he prayed literally thousands of people into the kingdom. When he died, it became known that there were some on his list that he had prayed for every day for as long as 50 years. I don't know if everybody on his list eventually came to the Lord, but I do know that thousands came to the Lord, and I'm convinced that they came to the Lord because he was committed to prayer and because he believed and because he was consistent in bringing their name before the Father. And I have no way of knowing for sure, but my my guess is that there were many who came to the Lord through those years because he prayed who would not have had he not prayed. So ask the Lord to give you the names of two people, people that you know, could be family, could be friends, could be co-workers, could be neighbors. Ask the Lord to give you two people. Go after those people. Pray for them. And, and if they come to the Lord by April or May or February, then ask the Lord for another name and continue Throughout the year. So two people to believe for. Second thing I would challenge you with 
two relationships to reconcile. Two relationships to reconcile. Now, let me let me be clear. I'm not I'm not suggesting that if you have two friends who are at odds with each other, that you pray that they work things out. I I am praying. I'm asking that you include yourself in this. Relationships that need to be reconciled that you are a part of. Now you, you can pray for your friends to be reconciled. That's that's not a bad thing. Do that. But my challenge is. Ask yourself, are there relationships that I have allowed to disintegrate, uh, to diminish, or maybe relationships that I have cut off because of my will, not the Lord's will? And ask ask the Lord to show you again how to bring reconciliation to these relationships. Now, I mentioned earlier... uh, 2 Corinthians 5:21 Paul says that Jesus has, Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Understand that that doesn't mean he's out of it. He's not saying here you take this I don't want anything to do with it. That's not it at all. What what it means when it says that the Lord has given us the ministry of reconciliation is that he has invited us into it. He's in it. There will be no reconciliation without him. He's in it. He is fully engaged in it and fully given to it. But he has given you the opportunity to join him in it. What an incredible thing. And so we want to take advantage of this invitation by the Lord to be a part of this ministry of reconciliation. Now, for us, when we're looking at relationships that need to be reconciled. I hope that for for you and for me, that the first prayer we will pray is not, Lord, fix what's wrong with them so we can be friends. But the first prayer that we have to pray is, Lord, show me my responsibility. Show me uh, what's wrong with me. Uh, I think if you're in a if you're in a broken relationship, my guess is that most of you know what's wrong with the other person, but you may not know the role that you have played in the breaking of this relationship. And so I would encourage you to start with God. Show me the things in me that I haven't seen. Show me the things that I'm blind to and and help me to be a better me so that I can move us in this relationship towards healing and forgiveness and, and reconciliation. Now, I understand. I understand that relationships sometimes are are broken or diminished over just frivolous things. But oftentimes relationships uh, diminish or disintegrate because of serious things, hurtful things, painful things. And so don't think for one minute that, I, that I'm you know, trying to be, make light of this. I understand that there are things that need to be repented of. There are things that need to be forgiven. There is forgiveness that needs to be given. There is healing that needs to come. Uh, I, I believe that reconciliation is a big deal. 
I believe that sometimes it's a long process. But I also know that the heart of God is for it. And when the heart of God is for something, it can happen over a process, a long amount of time, or when the heart of God is for something, it can happen just like that. It can happen so quickly. Uh, You will be amazed, shocked, and surprised at how quickly it can happen. So two people to believe for, two relationships to reconcile. Number three, two amounts to give. Two amounts to give. I would suggest that in the course of this next year, you need to ask the Lord for 2019, what does he want you, how much does he want you to give to Riverstone on a monthly basis? If this is your church, if this is not your church, if you just came here because you heard we were having free lunch today, that's fine. No. We are, and we hope you'll come. But if Riverstone is your church, if you're saying, this is, this is my home church, uh, you need to give. Every person involved in this church, every person who calls this church their home should, should give. Uh, and so ask the Lord what you should give. Don't just assume that you're supposed to give the same thing you gave last year. Even if you have been a strict tither, you've given 10% for the last 106 years, still ask the Lord. Because it may be that this year he wants you to give 15%. But you need to ask. So everybody here needs to ask the Lord, how do you want me to give? This, this is my church. Guys, this is not my church. This is our church. This is not Tom Tanner's church, unless you're talking to my mom. This is our church. And there are things that that we want to do, and there are things that God is calling us to do that that we have to invest in and give to, or we won't be able to do them. And so pray and ask the Lord about giving for 2019. Uh, An amount that you believe the Lord is calling you to give monthly. The second gift I would encourage you to, to pray about is, Lord... What do you want me to give this year to the building debt? Now, some of you might say, well, you know what? I wasn't here when they, when they built the building, and so that's really not my debt. If you're inside the building right now, <laughs> it's yours. If you've ever used the building, it's yours. It's ours. This is ours. Now, I know... I don't know anybody who loves debt. I don't know, maybe bankers, mortgage people. I, I don't know. Maybe there are some people who love debt, but I don't, I don't know anybody who loves having debt, right? And we want to get rid of our debt, but, but I want you to understand that this, if there's such a thing as good debt, what we have is good debt. Because we built this building with the belief that there were things we could do with this building that we couldn't do without it. And I think that that has been true. I believe that God has used this building over the years 
to help us do things, uh, to help us advance the kingdom in ways that without it would have been not, maybe not impossible, but more difficult. Uh, I think about things like the night of healing prayer. How can you do that without a building, without a place, without a place for people to come? I think about Sunday mornings. You know, what, what about this gathering? Uh, you know, having a place, a place that's identified seven days a week as, hey, that's Riverstone that people drive by and they know that's Riverstone Church and, and those people pray and they believe. And I, I, when I have need in my life, I can go there. there. There are things that God has allowed us to do. We've planted six churches out of this church since we moved into this building. And I just believe that having a building has positioned us and helped us to do things that we couldn't have done otherwise. But I also believe that there are things that we could do without the debt that we have not been able to do with it. And so I do want to get rid of it. And so I'm not asking you uh, to um, agree with me that any amount of debt is good. That's just my opinion that this is good debt. You can argue with me about that if you want to. What I'm asking you to do is help me get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. Uh, no matter how much we have benefit, benefited from the building, uh, we, we can get rid of the debt and guess what? We still get to keep the building. <laughs> so let's have our cake and eat it too. And so pray and ask the Lord this year, what do you want me to give uh, to the building debt? Now, here's some things I know about giving from the Bible. Uh, number one, the Lord wants us to give joyfully. Uh, the Lord wants us to give joyfully. And, and you give joyfully to things that you love and believe in. You give joyfully to things that you love and believe in. And maybe you need to search your heart and say, is Riverstone that for me? Now, I don't know if any other pastor will say this today, but I will say it. You know me well enough to know that I will say it. Search your heart and decide, is this a church that I love and want to give myself to? And if the answer is no, go find one that is. Go find one that is because you need to learn to love your church or learn to leave your church. Okay? So pray about that. Ask the Lord. Show me how to give joyfully. The second thing I know is that the Bible teaches that we're to give faithfully, obediently. So ask the Lord for the the numbers. Lord, what do you want me to give? What do you want me to give monthly? What do you want me to give to the building? Listen to him. I promise you he will tell you. He will. He will tell you. He will give you a number. So ask him. And then... The Bible teaches that we're to give sacrificially. Now, if you give joyfully to things that you love and believe in, trust me, you only give sacrificially to things that you love and believe in. 
And so again, if you're going to give sacrificially, and I think that we all are called to some level to give sacrificially. And if that's going to happen in this house, we'll have to search our hearts first and say, do I believe in Riverstone and what they're doing? Am I committed to, to this place and this vision? Am I willing to sacrifice for it? So, two amounts to give. Two people to believe for. Two relationships to reconcile. Two amounts to give. And then fourth and finally, two spiritual disciplines to embrace. Two spiritual disciplines to embrace. There are a lot of spiritual disciplines. And spiritual disciplines are all about direction and access. Spiritual disciplines are about moving towards God and putting yourself in a place where God just has access to you. You're actually putting yourself in the pathway of his grace when you embrace spiritual disciplines. Let me mention some that you might want to consider giving yourself more completely to this year. Now, some of you, uh, I'm not suggesting that all of you choose something new that you've never done before. Some, for some of you, it's just that you need to go deeper in a discipline that you have embraced for a long time. But for some of you, there may be something new that you need to uh, involve and make a part of your life that could be life-changing for you. Now, I, I am a, a big believer in uh, Bible reading. Do you know that it is estimated that if you read the Bible four times a week... It will change you. I don't know how they figure that out, but uh, <laughs> but they, you know, apparently <clears throat> that's that's the word on the street. If you read the Bible four times a week, it will change you. Why not read it every day? Uh, there are apps out there that you can get that will take you through the Bible, the entire Bible, in a year. Pretty awesome. I finished up on December thirty first with my little Nikki Gumbel app, Bible in one year. Uh, B-I-O-Y, it's right there. Just look it up in the app store. It's free. And uh, you do a, a psalm or a proverb every day. You do Old Testament reading every day. You do New Testament reading every day. And through the course of the year, it takes you through the entire Bible. Who wouldn't want to read the entire Bible in a year? So it could be that the spiritual discipline you want to give yourself more completely to, more deeply to this year, is Bible reading. It's getting into the Word, digging into the Scripture, uh, understanding the whole of Scripture. A second thing that you might want to give yourself to more completely is prayer. Uh, ask the Lord to teach you how to really develop a lifestyle of prayer and to have a, a strategic way of approaching prayer. Rather than just praying when you're in trouble, which we all do that, I've had some of the best prayers of my life when I looked in my rearview mirror and saw blue lights. <laughs> Fortunately, it hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, but you know, you know that feeling. I, I still engage in deep prayer every time I see a police car. Any, any policemen here? I don't know if Billy's here today. Policemen, we love you. We appreciate you. Don't don't drive behind me if I'm not speeding. <laughs> Do not. Don't follow me around if I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't care where you're going. Go a different way. 
prayer life. Ask the Lord to teach you how to develop a lifestyle of prayer. Now let's let's talk about something else. Uh, another di- spiritual discipline you you might want to uh, give yourself to more completely this year is worship. Worship, worship is a spiritual discipline. What about corporate worship? How could I increase in corporate worship in 2019? I've, I've told you before that statistics say that people today are measured or are identified as regular church attenders if they come one to two times a month. That's, that's true. Back in my day, just so you know, I had eight years consecutive perfect attendance in Sunday school. My string was broken one Sunday when I couldn't find my shoes. I couldn't find my dress shoes, and so I had to skip church because my mom said, no, 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 you're not going to church in tennis shoes. And so I, I was, my string was broken, and I'm looking at all the tennis shoes on this front, even on the front row. And my string was broken because I couldn't wear tennis shoes to church. I had to have my dress shoes. Eight years of perfect attendance. And yet today, if you're there once a month, oh, yeah, you're an active member. Maybe the one way that you could increase in corporate worship this year is just by committing to being here more. Being a part of the body on a more regular basis. Another thing you could do is to really think about what worship is. Some of you really sing. Some of you sing really loud. And that's great. Some of you don't sing at all. And I, I, I get it. Sometimes I don't sing. But I want you to think about when we sing songs. Now, let's be honest. Just, just, just a brief moment of transparency. Anybody get annoyed when we sing the same, same phrase over and over and over and over, over? Okay. I totally get that. I do. But, have you ever gotten tired of your kid saying, I love you, Daddy. 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 Stop and think, people. What is worship? We're not just singing songs. That's not what worship is. It's not singing songs. Worship is adoration of a father and a son who have given everything for us. Everything. And they never get tired of, I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. So maybe you could increase in worship this year just by stopping and thinking, okay, maybe it's not just singing songs. Maybe the point is something much deeper than that. Another spiritual discipline that that I would encourage you to think about is fasting. Maybe you could fast one day a week. Maybe you could fast just a meal a week or a meal a day. Uh, But I I would encourage you to do some studying about fasting and, and make fasting a regular part 
of your life. For many of you, fasting is a regular part. For some of you, you've never fasted. For, for some of us, if we had fasted over the holidays, our clothes would not have shrunk. <laughs> Maybe. But consider fasting. Now, fasting is not a diet. Sorry, it's not. It's not a way of losing weight. Fasting is a way of giving up something in order to give yourself to something. Okay, So fasting is taking food out of your life so that you have more time to focus on the Lord. And so you take the time that you normally would eat and you pray or you worship. Now, if... (laughs) If you get into a fast and, and, and you're really, really hungry and during the time that you normally should be eating, you're just trying to think of things that will make the time pass until you can eat again, that's not fasting. That is, there's another name for that. That is called torture. Fasting is you stop eating, you don't eat, And during the time that you normally would eat, you give yourself to the Lord. You focus on him. If you're focused on your hunger, you might as well eat. Okay, so fasting. Another uh, spiritual discipline, this will be the last one I, I talk about today, is solitude. Now, solitude is a big deal. How many, how many moms of young children? Are here. How many of you would just give your right arm for some solitude right now? <laughs> I get that. <clears throat> solitude uh, is not because, believe it or not, the importance of solitude is not because you don't like people. It's because you do. Solitude is important because you do like people and because you want to be your best when you're with them. And so solitude is pulling apart, pulling away from everyone and everything, turning your phone off, disengaging from the world, and, and engaging with the presence of God. Now, I would say, in your time of solitude, don't pray. Just listen. Don't use words. Be completely quiet. Be completely still. Maybe go walk in the woods. But get in a quiet place and let the only one who speaks be the Lord. I promise you, if you give yourself to regular times of solitude, you will be better for everyone. You'll be better when you're with them. Maybe maybe for your kids, you'll be better when you come back after you've taken some time away. Now, moms, I understand. Somebody, uh, Donna Lee was saying, uh, Susanna Wesley used to pull her apron up over her head. That was how she got solitude, because she had like 8,000 kids. And so she couldn't go anywhere, and her husband was gone traveling, so she pulled her apron up over her head for solitude. Uh, be creative, figure out some ways to get some solitude. But let me give you a hint or a suggestion, husbands. There, I said it. Wives, 
you might want to start with your husband as far as finding solitude. Husbands, you can. You can take care of kids. You can do it. I promise you. Now, uh, you, and that will increase your prayer life. And so you'll kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> so, just some things that, you know, pick a couple of spiritual disciplines that you either want to increase in or maybe a, a spiritual discipline that you've never experimented with or given yourself to or pushed into and, and, and make it a part of 2019. And, and I believe that if you choose two people to believe for, two relationships to seek reconciliation in, two gifts to give obediently and faithfully and sacrificially to, and two spiritual disciplines to embrace. I believe if you do those four things, at the end of 2019, you'll look back and you will say, my life has changed. I'm confident of that. I would bet the farm on it if I had a farm. Okay? Y'all good? All right. Won't you stand? I'm going to ask our teams to come. Here's, here's the biggest part of this. In all of the things that I've mentioned, none of these are things that you can do by yourself. These are all things. The only way you're going to be successful in them is through surrender to the Lord. He, he is front and center in all four of these things. They don't work without him. Okay. And so as you uh, come for prayer today, I would just encourage you to come and, and maybe have a team pray for you just to invite the Lord to speak clearly to you about these four areas and, and how you should respond in these things. Okay? You good with that? Obviously, also, we'll pray for anything else uh, that you need today. If you need healing today, uh, physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, uh, especially if you have never said yes to Jesus. We would love to pray with you today and, and help you uh, surrender your life to him. Okay? Uh, Holy Spirit, we love the way you work. And we ask today that you would move here in this place, that you would do the things that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.